Well, good evening, everyone. It is so good to see everyone here tonight. Turn to your neighbor, tell them you're glad to see them. And while you're taking a minute to find your seat, I just want to applaud all of you for getting in your canoe and your Piro and your bass boat and making your way to church tonight. Uh, whatever it takes, right? But we do welcome all of you here to campus. Glad you're here. Those joining us on Facebook Live and live stream, so glad you've chosen to make this service part of your evening. And I know you will be blessed by what is uh, done here tonight. I do want to remind you of just two things very briefly. Don't forget that Brother A.J. Holloway will be with us in service this coming Sunday at 11 o'clock in the worship service. Looking forward to his ministry. He always blesses our church. And so it's a good opportunity to come out and bring somebody with you, and let's see what God will do. Amen? And as we've been announcing, and you've probably seen in the weekly email, uh, we are preparing. I want you to put on your calendar February the 19th. We will begin 21 days of sacrifice, and that will go all the way through March 10th. So put that on your schedule and begin thinking and praying about that, and let's see what God will do through that time of, of very focused uh, sacrifice, prayer, and seeking God's will. Amen. Amen. Stand with me this evening, if you will, and uh, we're just going to take a moment to invite the presence of God into this place and uh, to prepare our minds and hearts for what God has for us tonight. Uh, if you have a need tonight, why don't you just make that known by the lifting of your hand. God knows every situation, every circumstance, and I believe the power of the name of Jesus can do anything. He can speak into any situation in your life tonight. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for these needs and for this service tonight. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. What a what an amazing move of God. We thank you for what you're doing in our services at God and in our church. Thank you for our church, our community here. And Lord, tonight will be no exception, Lord. We invite your presence into this place with our praise, with our thanksgiving, Lord, from the bottom of our heart and with the fruit of our lips, Lord, the, the fruit of our attitude, the fruit of our actions, Lord. We bring you praise. We give you worship. The words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart, we give you praise. Lord, move in a great way in the service here tonight and in Kids Church, Lord. Let your will be done. I pray for every need, every situation. You know, God, and you're able. We speak the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated as pastor comes to the pulpit for Bible study tonight. God bless you, Grace Church. Well, good to see you folks tonight. Thank you for being here, and uh, I've been looking forward uh, to service all day today, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here tonight, and certainly thankful for you being here tonight, and I do have some things that I want to uh, share with you, but before I do that, um, I appreciate the way that Grace Church is, is marketed and all the people that contribute to that. I was in a, a place of business today that that person in this place of business knows a couple of other people that attend Grace Church. And when I walked in, uh, the lady said, I saw you on TV recently. And uh, I said, really? And I knew we ran a, a commercial for a, a number of months last year, or yeah, last year. And uh, she said, well, it really wasn't TV. It was like Facebook Live. And she said, I was scrolling through looking for something, and I guess she 
I don't know if it was on purpose or by accident. I didn't ask her. Uh, it, whatever. And uh, she saw our praise team singing, recognized some people, and uh, spent some time uh, watching Grace Church on Facebook Live, a live service. I thought that was wonderful. I was real excited to hear it, and it reminded me again that you put stuff out on the airways and you don't know where it's going to land. And uh, uh, so for those that make all that happen, thank you so very much. And uh, who knows, we may see that person walk through the doors uh, one day. You never know. So I'm very thankful for that. Uh, I want to jump back into our Bible study tonight. I do want to be cognizant of the weather um, and maybe not go... Uh, a full-length Bible study tonight and give you opportunity to uh, get back home safely and what have you. I'm going to do my best uh, tonight to make that happen, and I do hope, uh, and I'm quite confident, there's a lot of folks that are not here tonight, and, and no doubt due to the weather, perhaps uh, you're watching tonight on uh, Facebook Live or via our website. Either way, uh, we hope for a, a good audience tonight. I want to review a little bit from last Wednesday night, and uh, I'm going to talk here for a moment, and our media folks will catch up with me in a moment. To just review for a couple of minutes, I um, talked to you last Wednesday night. I started the second part of a, a, a short series that I'm doing on vision, still not done with that, and I uh, talked to you about the pursuit of vision. And last Wednesday night, I spent all of my time, uh, somebody walked up after church and was one of our media uh, personnel people said, laughing, said, you only spent, you spent your whole time on just two paragraphs, and uh, that was pretty much the case. I was very passionate about this last Wednesday night. I'll review some of that and then launch into what I want to talk to you about tonight. In the pursuit of vision, to be a visionary church, to be a visionary person, to be a visionary family, you have to have vision. You have to envision something, uh, a place where you want to end up at, uh, a direction you want your life to go in, a direction you want your family to go in, and certainly a direction we want our church to go in. So I've talked to you, and, 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 and I'm not going to go through this whole thing again, even though I would love to. Uh, but we talked about a vision being a clear mental image of a preferable future imparted to us by God to his chosen servants as is based upon an accurate understanding of God, ourselves, and our circumstances. To me, that's, to me personally, that is a very adequate definition of vision when I talk about that term and the context of it, the meaning of it, etc. It's a clear mental image of a preferable future. And we spent a long time on these points in the past several Wednesday nights. It's imparted by God to his people. It's based on an accurate understanding of God, yourself, and your circumstances. Well, that sounds wonderful. How do you do that? And we started that started answering that question last Wednesday night. In every definition you look at a vision somewhere along the line it has to have the word destination in it 
and this is what we talked about last Wednesday night. If you, if, you are, if you are a visionary person or if you want to be a visionary person for yourself personally, for your family, and certainly for our church, there has to be a destination. There has to be an end point somewhere. Life is a journey, and I made the statement last Wednesday night that there are people who end up somewhere in life's journey on purpose. They planned to end up there, and that's where they ended up. I talked to you last Wednesday night, and it's, and it's where I spent all of my time. Uh, there are a number of things that I'm presenting. Again, this is one lesson, but I'm splitting it up into several parts. But if you want to be a visionary person and you, you decide that this is a direction I want to go with my life, this is a direction I want to go with my family, this is a direction we want to go with with our church, there has to be a destination, and your relationship with that destination, first of all, there has to be passion. There's got to be passion. You've got to be passionate about pursuing what you're pursue, pursuing. If you're not, then eventually you'll get distracted and fall by the wayside. So vision is a destination. It's a point you won't end up at. And that first step, that first feeling, that the, the first thing you embrace when you want to become a visionary person is passion. There has to be passion about what you're doing. So if you are a Sunday school teacher, to be a successful Sunday school teacher, you have to envision having a number of students in your class every Sunday morning and in a, a year or two, whatever, they're going to promote out. Well, you should have a destination. There, there's a place you should have them by the time they promote out of your class to the next class for them. And you start that process all over again as new students come into your class. That's an example. Our concierge that sit in the lobby every Sunday, your vision should be greeting new people, meeting new people, welcoming new people to church. So our men that work the lobbies, our greeters, that's, that's, you have to be passionate about that. So a new person walks in, you don't feel good that Sunday, you had an argument with your spouse on the way to church, you got in a fight with your kids and it didn't go well, and you're out there pouting and brooding over what happened before you came to church, you're not going to do good. You have to set that aside, keep your focus on your destination, and be passionate about what you're doing. Same thing with our praise team, the pulpit, what have you. There has to be passion involved in it. We talked a long time about that last Wednesday night. There's four parts to passion that we have to embrace and understand. If your vision is limited, there'll be limited success. If your vision is based on illusion, you'll never accomplish what you are visualizing. If your vision is partial, you'll end up unfulfilled and incomplete. If your vision is based on the social mirror, you're just going to be crazy. Uh, I don't know how else to say it uh, any other way. Your vision has to be something on the inside of you, and there has to be a lot of passion, determination. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to quit. And you stay passionate about it. Um, tonight, the direction I want to go is I'm continuing the pursuit of vision. There has to be destination, and you have to be passionate about it. The second step to being a visionary is there must be motivation. There has to be something 
that motivates you every day. I'm going to give you the, the most common example. If you want to be a great parent, your greatest motivation should come from your kids. I thought that was a pretty good point. Um, they should motivate you. As aggravating as they are sometimes, as burdensome as they are sometimes, you still love your children, your, your, your child or your children with all of your heart, and you stay motivated to provide for them, to teach them, to train them, etc. And everybody say amen. So when you're married, your marriage should be a source of motivation. To maintain a happy marriage, to maintain a complete marriage, to maintain a fulfilling marriage, and you do whatever it takes to make that happen. Uh, it's motivation. You look for sources and things to keep you motivated. You have to be motivated. If you're a Sunday school teacher, your your classroom environment should keep you motivated. Your your students should keep you motivated. Y'all get the point. Even your material should motivate you, the material you teach. If you're not finding motivation in it, you either need to look at it different or find some different material, whatever. But there has to be motivation. Let me talk about motivation for a moment. Vision should provide motivation. A, if you want to reach a destination, you're not going to reach that destination unless you stay motivated. We're going to talk about that. When you are motivated as a visionary, even the mundane things of life, the seemingly unimportant, unimportant things of life, begins to matter when you become a visionary person. The details, the chores, the routines of life become a worthwhile means to a planned for end. So every, everything in life now matters. Everything has a consequence. Everything has a purpose, etc. Last Wednesday night, I talked to you about dike builders, people who fill up sandbags with sand to save a town from being flooded. When you're just filling up sandbags, it can be very mundane and what have you. But when you see the waters pounding against them and, and, and they're keeping the water out of your town, then all of a sudden you get a lot of fulfillment and you've become you, you stayed motivated, and now that motivation is paying off. So the details, the chores, the routines of life become a worthwhile means to a planned-for end. Dyke builders are a motivated bunch. Saving a town is enough to keep you working through the night. But just filling bags with dirt for the sake of bag filling will leave you looking at your watch. So it is important, if you want to stay motivated, to realize that the task at hand that you're doing right now is going to end you up at a destination that you're planning for. And it's a great, it's a great motivation when you look at it that way. Vision, listen to pastor, vision-driven people are motivated people. I want to comment tonight because... I've gotten a recent report uh, about Rachel and Kelly's Sunday school class. They're teaching a junior high class. And I, I know from several different sources and then things that I have observed for the past several years, they've been teaching that class, that they are very motivated. They are two very motivated people. And they pour their heart into that class. And it has brought to them a lot of fulfillment. 
they have a destination in mind. Their destination is to equip and to educate that age group of people in the word of God to the best of their ability and the best that that age group can handle. I have walked in that class unannounced and I've observed for a couple of minutes what was going on, the excitement, the environment in that class. I was there several Sundays ago. It's amazing. Um, they had a young person standing up participating in a sword drill that had just started coming to Grace Church. I've only been here a few times and they're already participating in the activities of that class. Those things are a good sign to me. These people stay, these two ladies stay motivated. They're vision-driven people and vision-driven people are motivated people. Find me a man or a woman who lacks motivation and I will show you someone with little or no vision. Will unmotivated people have ideas? Yeah. They'll have dreams, maybe. Vision, not a chance. To be a visionary person, you have to stay motivated and you have to stay focused. There's a spiritual component to this, and I'm going to come to that at the end. Probably not tonight, but next Wednesday night, uh, Lord willing. But vision people, vision-driven people are motivated people. Vision, and, and most everybody here tonight can, will understand what I'm about to say here. Vision is a big part of the reason you completed college or graduate school or what have you. A lack of vision is the reason that many never finish. I want all of you folks that went to school. I didn't go to college, but I did do what was the equivalent of one semester of college in three weeks when I went to real estate school, one of the most intense things I've ever done. And I stayed focused on my destination, and I completed it. As a matter of fact, I became an official realtor the day that Steve and Sherry Bunch got married. Uh, I left the school and went to their wedding, essentially. So think of all of, all of you that went to college, graduate school, even trade school, whatever. Think of all the seemingly wasted hours of study and class time. Uh, I believe it was Joseph just a, a couple of weeks ago told me that there's stuff he's doing in school right now that's the biggest bunch of nonsense. I can't ever see where it's going to benefit me down the line. Who's ever been down that path before? Sitting in that boring, horrible class, and the teachers just sounds like a motor running up there. It's not even words anymore. It's just noise. But think of all the seemingly wasted hours of study and class time, and, and even then you knew that much of what you were memorizing for tests and exams was a huge waste of time and effort, but you did it. Why? Why did you go through all of that? Because of what it could be. You did it because you wanted that degree. And beyond a degree, you wanted a career. So for four or five years, and maybe for some even longer, you endured the science labs. You endured European history. You endured doing all the research papers and lectures and all of that, and you hung in there through it all, motivated by the thought of graduation and all the rewards that it would bring. I think I can be very honest and transparent with, with Grace Church here tonight. There's people sitting here tonight that suffered through what I just presented. They wanted that degree because they wanted a particular 
job and they wanted to, to earn a particular money and so they went down a career path that would help them earn that money. And you are. There's people here tonight, your degree has paid off. And it should. You went through all that misery, you ought to get something out of it. But that's why you went through all of it. It's destination-based. You want the degree because it's going to open the door to a great career. Y'all follow me here tonight? So you made, you stayed motivated and endured all the baloney to have that job and to ultimately get that paycheck, that retirement plan, all the benefits, the company car, all of that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is an awesome illustration to me of the power of vision. It's when you determine this is what I want. It's got a destination at the end of it. This is where I want to be in five years. This is where I want to be in 10 years. And I'm going to pay the price to get there. When you get there, certainly if it's a worthy cause, then you can look back and say it was worth the trip. I could go down a path here tonight, but I did it last Wednesday night, and I'm not going to do it here tonight. But, but motivation applies not only to education. It applies in relationships. It applies in relationships, and it certainly applies in church Especially when church leadership lose their motivation, church becomes stagnant. Um, and sometimes when people get stagnant, and as, as far as vision is concerned, sometimes it's hard to resurrect uh, that feeling again. We have to stay motivated. Everybody say amen. We have to stay motivated. The next part of vision, when you've got a destination, you've got a vision, you've got a clear mental image, of what God wants you to do and where God wants you to be. And so when you got a clear mental image of that, you got to stay motivated. you got to be passionate. you got to stay motivated. Number three is direction. Maybe the most practical advantage of vision is it sets a direction for our lives. This is where, and, and I'm, I'm going to go way back, uh, almost 40 years, when Sister Murph and I were evangelists, full-time evangelists, going from church to church to church. Looking back now, I have realized that the number of churches that we preached in, that they were just a Sunday-to-Sunday -Sunday church. I mean, if whatever next Sunday held, fine, you know, whatever, we'll take it. There's, there's no preparation beyond the next service. There was no planning beyond the next service. And we'd go to those churches, preach our heart out for a week or two, and get everybody stirred up and on fire for God and leave, and it all died again. And I've heard pastors complain about that. And, and, and when I go through this material, it makes me reminisce over my own ministry and, and experiences I've had. And that's where I'm at right now is um, I'm thinking of a church in Ohio that uh, it, was, it was 50, 60 people for years and years and years and years. And they, they just cycled people and, and, and never could really get anything going. And, and they, they kind of hit a sweet spot, if you will. When we preached there, they had a, a nice little youth group with a lot of potential, and we preached our heart out, and young people were slain in the spirit. We would leave. We, I remember we left Sunday night, our last night there. They were all over the floor, speaking in tongues, crying, and pouring their heart out to God. And, and they said, the young people that got back to me later, the young people said, we're going to keep this going. We're going to be in the prayer room. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I saw that pastor about a year later. And said, how's all that going? And he said, well, we don't have those young people anymore. And they just got lukewarm and gave it up and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't the young people's fault. The pastor needed an education and vision. You, you, you have to be passionate. You understand that. 
Vision is a destination. You have to stay passionate about it. You have to stay motivated, and you have to maintain a course. Um, we try hard, really hard at this at Grace Church, and, I, and I'm thankful for it, and I believe it's helped this church to, to become what it is today. We have to have direction. There has to be planning. Brother Dave and I had lunch today, planning for the next two or three months ahead of us. We've got the calendar. Sister Landry's aware of it. Sister G and I talked just several days ago and said, man, our, our calendar looks good. It's busy. It's good stuff, what have you. We have things planned, things coming down the pike. You've got to have direction to keep it going, to keep it going. It's one thing to build a church up. It's another thing to keep it built up. And that's where vision uh, is so important. And it's important that the, the church people are on board with it. So direction is another critical component of vision. It, it, it may be the most practical advantage of vision as it sets a direction for our lives. It serves as a roadmap. In this way, vision simplifies decision-making. Anything that moves us towards the realization of our vision gets a green light from us. Everything else is approached with caution. We do that here at Grace Church. Sister Murphy and I do it in our personal lives and so on. Vision, listen to me. Vision will prioritize your values. A clear vision has the power to bring what's most important to the surface of your schedule and your lifestyle. A clear vision makes it easy to weed out of your life those things that stand in the way of achieving what matters most. Vision empowers you to move purposefully in a predetermined direction. And once you have clarified your vision or visions for your life, many decisions are already made. And without vision, good things will hinder you from achieving the best things. Vision is the key to faithfulness. Vision is absolutely the key to faithfulness. My observation is that people without clear vision are easily distracted. They have a tendency to drift from one activity, pleasure, relationship to another. Without vision, there's no relational, financial, or moral compass. Consequently, people often make foolish decisions, decisions that rob them of their dreams. There has to be direction. There's got to be direction in our vision. We have to know where we're going, not only as a church, but us as individual people and certainly as families. Husbands and wives need to be together on vision. You need to agree. We're not going to be distracted by that. We're not going that way. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We're going to do everything we can to, to impact our lives presently to help us get to where we want to go tomorrow. The next critical component, and this is the last point I'll mention for tonight. <clears throat> There's got to be purpose. There's got to be purpose. There's got to be a reason why we do what we do. My personal focus here at Grace Church is we want, first and foremost, a growing church that cares and loves about people, about all people, about everybody. Young, old, doesn't matter. doesn't matter where you come from in life. When you walk through the door, we want you to know you're going to be loved here. You're going to be cared for here. Your presence means something to us. We appreciate you being here. And we want to treat you with as much care and respect and love as we possibly can. It's our purpose. We want to help people come into a relationship with God and to feel their value and purpose. You can read our vision statement in the lobby. We want people to know God. 
We want people to find freedom. We want people to discover their purpose, their, their purpose and we want people to make a difference. It, it's a cycle. It's a cycle, and, and that has worked in so many people that are a part of Grace Church. We, we, we work very hard at that. Purpose is a critical part. Vision translates into purpose. A vision gives you a reason to get up in the morning. If you don't show up, listen to pastor, if you don't show up, this includes church. Yes, it does. If you don't show up, something important won't be accomplished. If you're not here, something important won't be accomplished. All of a sudden, when you become a visionary person, I want everybody to hear this. I'm talking to you from my heart tonight. If you're a visionary person in a church, suddenly you matter. And you matter a lot. Without you, what could be, what should be, won't be. That's how important vision is to me personally and to Grace Church. A vision makes you an important link between current reality and the future. That dynamic gives your life purpose. We don't just fly in here every Sunday and just do whatever. I've used this illustration many times, and, and I'll use it again tonight quickly. I'll never forget the night that, that Mike and Sheila set in on a vision casting session we had in classroom two right behind or across the hall over there. And their purpose there was to serve food and refreshments to those that was going to have. We gave each person, we were up to, I don't remember how many it was, 11 or 12 serve teams. So we gave them about six or seven minutes to cast vision for that year. It was a great time. Brother Dave and I are working very hard on, on trying to come up with a plan now that we have close to 20 serve teams to bring that back. Saying that, if we did that and gave everybody six to eight minutes, we'd be here for two or three hours. Um, plus all the talking and conversation that goes with it. But anyway, I'll never forget, Sister Landry walked up. Uh, I don't remember how long they had been here at Grace Church. As I remember, it wasn't that long. And she walked up, and she had tears in her eyes, and she said, I had no idea that this kind of planning went on just to make a church service happen. Said, Mike and I walk in, and we sit down and just think everything happens. And a lot of people feel that way. And, and if you're kind of not on the inside of the planning and strategy and all of that, the vision making, uh, then, then you wouldn't understand. And I've, I've never forgotten that interaction with her that night and how much that meant to her and how much that uh, caused her to look at church totally different. Now she's in the church office and uh, she's virtually a part of everything this church does and she sees on a daily basis that how hard we try and work to keep Grace Church the amazing church that it is. The reason we do that is because I am motivated by the purpose of it. If we don't have purpose, if it doesn't have value, if it doesn't have value to us, we won't care about it. We won't take ownership of it. But if it has value, then it's a motivator. It helps you to stay involved. It helps you to stay connected. It helps you to keep your eye on the prize, right? Um, vision, vision, again, makes you an important link between current reality and the future. And that dynamic gives your life purpose and purpose carries with it the momentum to move you through the barriers that would otherwise slow you down and trip you up i want to be very honest here tonight um sister landry has made this comment and, and, and i'll not repeat exactly what she said I'll, I'll soften it as best i can but there's a lot of people here tonight 
that are busy around Grace Church doing wonderful things that have been overlooked by previous church experiences for years. The potential never tapped. The value of, of that life and what they can bring to the table never tapped. And that's why we work so hard here at Grace Church to involve as many people that want to be involved and, and to give them value, to give them purpose. It's such an important part of our relationship with God. Marriage is that way. Parenting is that way. There's got to be value. There's got to be purpose. And so purpose is such a critical part of a church person attending church. You need to have value at that church. You need to have purpose at that church. And we work very hard here to make that happen for those that are willing to be a part of it. So your set of visions, what you want out of your life, is unique to you. I'll tell you right now, I, I enjoy, I find a lot of value and purpose in being a visionary purpose, a person, but I have learned that my vision is unique to me. No one else will share the passions and what have you when it comes to vision like you will. No one else will take your place. That's why it's important for everybody to be a visionary person. Nobody will take your place. I look at the production booth back there. I, I walk back there every once in a while and see all the stuff they have back there. there there's, there's men and women back there that says, hey, this is, this is great. We like what we have, but, but, but there's other stuff we could have to make it better and better and better. I remember we started off with one camera in the production booth and it wasn't a very good one I remember those days and I remember when uh, Chris and Jonathan approached me and said hey we need a better camera and then a few months later we need another one I, I'm right now I'm seeing four or five back there and um, and they're always upgrading we found something better we found something bigger we found something with more the reason they do that is their vision for that is beyond me I don't understand it I don't understand how most of it even works um Chris has already mentioned uh, in the near future uh, a soundboard, and we're planning to do more PA expansion so you can hear better when you're up around the front and whatnot. Uh, we, we talk about these things all the time. They have vision for that. I don't. I love it when they do it. I love it when they show me what all it does. But to have made that happen, I would not have had a, a clue on how to make it happen. But I'm thankful for visionary people, even the people you don't see that sit behind you every service. They work hard to make Grace Church so incredibly quality. And I thank God for that. So their vision is uniquely them. And nobody else will share that particular vision for what could be except them. And without them, this church wouldn't be complete. Without our concierge, it wouldn't be complete. Without the praise team, it wouldn't be complete. Without musicians, it wouldn't be complete. Y'all hear me? Without a ministry team, it wouldn't be complete. We, everybody, everybody contributes. Everybody contributes. And so this coming Sunday, Lord willing, Brother Holloway will be here. You'll walk in and things will just happen, 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 happen. It didn't happen overnight. The praise team has been up here practicing. They come out early every Sunday. Our JV team, when they play in instruments, we have some of them now. That we have at least two. I believe it's Noah and Joe, uh, Heston that are playing full time. And, and Noah just turned 15. And I'm so proud and thankful to have a young man that age playing full time on this platform Heston is 13 14 years old he's playing the bass full time that don't just happen do y'all understand that it's a lot of vision and it all started with Farrah Bunch right after COVID that we have all these kids let's use them they're in the media booth and they run the screen and they run the lights and all of that it's amazing to me 
It's all because of purpose. We've given them value. And nobody can do what they do. Nobody can take their place. Neither can anyone take your place. Nobody can. Now, you may think that your job here is trivial and it don't matter. Oh, no, it matters. It doesn't make any difference to me what it is. When Brother Brad comes up here during the week and changes light bulbs, that's important to me, man. We want our campus cared for. We want it to look good. We want it to be presentable. We want our guests to feel warm and comfortable. I don't want lights in the ceiling flickering and people looking at the light and trying to figure out why don't somebody change that light instead of listening to what's going on behind the pulpit and what have you. We want the music. Casey strives for excellence in our music and our singing and what have you, and she does a fantastic job. Everybody has a very significant role here because they understand the concept and the principle of vision. You have to be, to be a visionary person, you have to have a destination, you have to have something you want accomplished, you have to be very passionate about it, you have to be motivated by it, you have to have direction, and certainly, you have to have purpose. Nobody can do what you do. Nobody can be who you are at this church. You have to be that person, and you are that person. And there may be some here tonight, and I'm concluding, that don't feel like I have that much of a purpose. I don't have a job. I don't do something here. I want to remind you of the significance of presence ministry. I thought about it this week. Just you being here, whether you fulfill some particular job description or not, and we have people who attend Grace Church that they don't have a title behind their name. I'm going to say in all due respect, I look at Brother Richard back there and he doesn't have a particular title. He attends here, but to me, his presence here means everything. I didn't do it for the sake of this presentation tonight. I wasn't even thinking of it in that context, but I did go back there before church started and thank him for being here tonight, driving through the weather and all of that. He lives a, a distance from here and, and willing to drive through all of that and, and get through all of that to be at church tonight. It meant everything to me. You want to know what his purpose was tonight? He inspired me by being here. He encouraged me by being here. And so do all of you. So even if you don't have that title that your brother or sister so-and-so that does this particular thing, your presence here means everything to everybody that attends here. And you would be sorely missed if you weren't here. Amen. Amen. It's the pursuit of vision. And it doesn't matter how old or young you are, you have a purpose in being a part of God's church. When he died on the cross 2,000 years ago, you were on his mind. He died for you as much as he died for anyone else. Um, our next presentation, I want to begin with a divine element. I want to talk to you about the God part of this. And I know a lot of this sounds secular, and maybe it does. And it, it could help you on a secular level, for that matter. It's not just church. But uh, next time we're, we present this material, it's going to have a God factor in it. And it's going to be amazing. So, again, the weather's been horrible and nasty all day. I know there's people that felt a little insecure about coming and we totally understand that and perhaps 
people that's had flooding in their area that we're not aware of, whatever it is. But I appreciate you being here tonight. Thank you so very much for coming, and I hope you deem the trip worthwhile. Um, we've got to be visionary people. Our lives matter. Our lives are important. Everybody say amen. Thank the Lord. God bless you tonight. Thank you so very much for being here. Uh, walk around the building and greet some folks and tell them how much you love them, how much you appreciate them being here. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday.